Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Shut up! Let's talk devils and islanders, let's talk penguins and rangers, but let's not talk about flyers, because they're a bunch of fucks, which no one can deny, which no one can deny. Episode 16, Friends and Rivals podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tom Harkness. With me as always are... Stephen Wojtowicz. Bill Fougere. It's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Britney Cecil. Free Britney. Free Britney. Hashtag. Hashtag free Britney. Wow. Why, why why Britney Spears? Why not? All right. No. Hey, oops. I did it again. <laughs> I get it. It's so toxic. Boy, yeah. I, 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 if that was supposed to come around to me, you've named all the songs that I've ever. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to blank. <laughs> yeah, this is like way out of your wheelhouse, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so before coming uh... into the night, it was fucking islanders man they were on a tear hunnick nine straight games 12 of the last 13 games and they ran tonight finally into the washington capitals and finally lost a goddamn game but it seems like every year they go on these streaks where they win eight nine ten games in a row and just catapults them into playoff position that they never lose as much as they try at the end of the year to lose that playoff position they just never do they just always hold on to it but it, it's these it's these streaks that they go on it seems like every single goddamn year gets them right into playoff position Right now, it's catapulted them into the top three, one of the top three teams in the NHL. If they won, they were actually last, I think, um, the top, uh, you know, with a, in terms of points, not in terms of winning percentage, because um, yeah. we we had played the most games at that point, um, and that was just, it's just been uh, one of those, those those streaks, man. They they have had a very, it's been a few things, right? Playing, we started off by with a, a win against, you know, a shutout against the the Penguins, which was they were they had a few wins here and there. We're doing all right. Uh, but then we got to play a bunch of games against the Devils, Buffalo, and in between we had a, a game with with against the, the Bruins, and we played well against mm-hmm. all three of those teams. Um, playing the Devils four times in um just about two weeks, and in the same period, Buffalo three times and. You know, Buffalo games five two each game, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, this week we'll talk a little about about you know Steve and I. We'll talk a little about Devils and Isles since we play each other three times this week. But uh, yeah, sometimes the schedule just works out real well for you, and sometimes it's gonna punch in the mouth. And we had that soft part of the schedule. We had to win all those games. We had to. Like, I mean, you can debate about the Boston game, but I mean, the games against Devils and Bruins, or Bruins, uh, Sabers. Everybody has to win against them. Sorry, Steve, but that's just the way it is. If no, you're going to play off the truth, yeah. So. If you're going to, yeah. But you, no, don't the, have, the, you don't have penciled a easy game unless you count the Rangers. But for whatever reason, Island Rangers games, except for the first two, no, they're the always season, tough. They're always, always tough, tough games, right? They're always tough. But you don't have another game against Buffalo until May. And your schedule coming up in the next, you know, two, three weeks is nothing but Philly, Boston, uh, Washington, and Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, and yeah, I think there's one game against Pittsburgh in there, or no, there's a back-to-back play in back Pittsburgh in there. But it's it's a lot of Philly, it's a lot of Boston, it's a lot of Washington. You know, have and, you guys against and Washington, if I'm not mistaken, it's a it's a lot of every other day in back-to-back. They don't have many days off in between games. Yeah, yeah. this there's there's some silver lining in that in that we get to play Philly at home twice in, on what is it Thursday and Saturday. So. Yeah. Those are games that we've been playing very, very well at home. We haven't lost in regulation at home. So that's been a huge factor. I mean, you can't deny that. If, you, if you're undefeated at home in regulation at this point in the season, then we have a four, five game away, away uh, playing five away, which is going to be the toughest part. You know, it's Philly, uh, Flyers once, 
twice against Boston, twice against Pittsburgh. And then we're home for uh, six straight and then away for three and then back home for three. So even during that in April, we have a lot of, it's going to be a tough, tough month, but they're, they're home a lot. And so that should factor in. I think the, the toughest part is going to be really the next uh, is the next is next, not this week. I think they'll be okay because they do have spaced out. They don't have back-to-backs. Uh, they'll have a back-to-back from Monday and Tuesday next week away, which is going to be Philly and Boston at, away at both games. And that's going to be a tough part, you know, playing away for a few games, even though these we're not that far away in any of these games, any of the teams in the Metro, but we're still kind of. No, and, that's, and what's interesting about this divisional play this year is that, you know, you go on a run against a team, you go on a run. If Washington goes on a run against you, that's eight points in the standings, man. That just, uh, just completely swung. Um, and in oh, fact, yeah. their win tonight, they catapulted ahead of you guys in the standings. Yep. Um, oddly enough, as we were mentioning that. Uh, but I, I can absolutely agree that this is now getting into the meat of the Islander schedule. And you can only have so much magic at home with those with those win streaks and being undefeated at home. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming the law of averages is going to kind of weigh itself out a little bit. And look, by no means am I trying to shit on the Islanders as, as much as I want to, but because I can't right now because they're one of the top teams in the league. Um, yeah, wait, so but, we're, we're, we're down. Then you can kick us when we're down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot better. It almost would have benefited the Islanders a little more if it was like two against Buffalo, one against Boston, two against Buffalo, one against Philly, two against New Jersey. You know, if it, if there was a little yeah. bit more balance, riding that that high, riding on that high of beating the Sabers and then carrying that into a Boston game, would have been better. I don't know if anybody's got a schedule like that though. I mean, I haven't looked really detailed at everyone's schedule but i kind of assume everyone's kind of playing two to three games against each team in a row anyway um i mean the Rangers, you guys oddly enough, when it comes to the local teams like the like even the flyers devils islanders we don't have a lot of back-to-backs um right as we would against pittsburgh or washington or boston where you have to really travel for those games once you get out of a certain you know mile distance um i guess from your home but uh we're, we're gonna see what the hours are made of and it, and it, it's within the next two weeks i think we're gonna see uh, are they gonna continue this trend upward and just then really go on coast and cruise control right into the playoffs which could be really bad for any team um or they're gonna have to you know start to go on that downtrend and st- have to work their way up toward the end of the season look their last four games of the regular season two against buffalo two against jersey um if if everything still plays out that could be a real confidence builder for the Islanders going into the playoffs for sure. Oh yeah. That, that's a nice little cushion right before the playoffs and they, they could rest some guys. They could play it out depending on where they are positionally in the, in the, in the race. Hard to say, you know, how they'll even look because I, I'm not sure it matters. It's essentially we're playing the same teams, right? We're all playing until we get to the, you get to the, the semifinals anyway. So the only thing would be like, do you just not want to match up against, the team has beat you seven times or something like that, you know, in the season, it's just possible. You think, and you, you think the coach would do that. You think they'd pull them and try and like, just, you know, rest some guys and try and lose a game against most teams. I don't think so. I, I, don't I think, think it's, so. I don't think it's going to matter. Not in this shortened season, maybe like game 81 or something. Only 82. if it would save you guys to, or, or put you guys in a position to play Boston in the first round, <laughs> then maybe you consider it, but careful what yeah. you wish for. You know, they, that is the old cliche, right? Careful what you wish for. You know, 
conversely to all that hype and all that great talk about the Islanders, you know, do we feel bad about the Devils? Shut up! Do we feel bad? No, that- they're, they're playing. They're, no, they're exactly where everybody thought they were going to be, second to last, right ahead, uh, ahead of Buffalo. I mean, yeah, so, I, I guess so. But from from their start, I mean, I just I wouldn't have pegged them to be where they are right now. I got to tell you that, and I got to be honest with you. There's there's a difference between where we, you know, thinking that they would be at the bottom of the division with Buffalo and, you know, but, and, and there's a difference between that and, and how bad they actually are, how bad Buffalo and New Jersey have actually been is not, you know, even if they were in last place they're I mean, they're overachieving in last place. If that's like, they are really bringing it to the last two places in the division. I, I thought there'd, there'd be a little more quality out of both of those teams. Um, I think I did too. So you thought Buffalo. though, you thought, you thought the division was going to be more compressed together than it is. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought, I, they would be more competitive and yeah that that would bring everybody closer together yeah uh, i tell you if you want to feel bad for someone feel bad for nico shut up my god what i mean he got hit in the vagina 2020 2021 not his it? not his yeah nasal nasal passage surgery so he got a nose job uh, is he going to have like that. a modeling career afterwards i mean Right? Isn't that how they fix like deviated septums? That's the old excuse for women who want the nose job. He, they say they have, they have a deviated septum repaired. Yeah, but typically they don't get hit in the face with a puck off of the stick of uh, PK Subban, though. Sure. I, I guess. I mean, his shot isn't what it used to be. With his helmet right. on, though, right? Or was his helmet not on? Wasn't his helmet on? The, his helmet was on. It actually compressed the visor into his nose. Well, yeah, that'll happen. Well, that's a, a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Something similar happened with Zuccarello back in like the 2015 playoffs where he took a puck to the helmet always, and always about the rangers yeah he, he's lucky he he came back and, and played and still playing very lucky and yes it is all about the rangers all always about the rangers. rangers but listen um what about I, broken legs you got anything on broken legs for the rangers uh broken leg broken you know because he broke his leg he broke his leg while training for the season you okay. got anything on that for the rangers other than brian leach breaking his ankle getting Pretty out of a task because he slipped I mean, what are, what are on ice at? what are you getting at hockey players slipping on ice always funny 30 years ago <laughs> I know. I mean, Jesus Christ. So, you know what? He just I brought up Zuccarello. News, Flash. When was the Zuccarello puck to the head? It's in 2015, 20, I think. 2015 playoffs. Oh, so that's five years ago. Who gives a fucking shit? Guy's not even on the fucking team anymore. Who cares? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't feel bad for the Devils. Fuck the Devils. I don't they fucking care. And they deserve all the shit and grief that they're getting right now. They deserve it all. Fuck the devils. They You're dominated right. the league the for, for like 20 years. I'm I'm still not over it. I, I, I'm not gonna feel bad for the devils anytime soon. No, fuck the devils. And I don't look, think they're trying to frankly ride, their fans, they don't want the they don't want anybody sympathy. Ride your ride your high horse, horse and you're only four points ahead of us in the standings, though. Okay. I'm not riding any high horse. Yes, you oh. are. You little How? fuck. How am I riding a fucking high horse when I'm exactly feel four bad points for ahead of you in the standings and you have With a game, a game in, in hand. hand? So how yeah. am I riding a high horse, by the way? Mm-hmm. Because your attitude. We're not asking you if anybody like feels bad about the Rangers. Bit. Well, do, do you does, do any of you feel bad about bad for the Rangers? No. Why no. shouldn't you? They're underachieving. No. I don't feel. Why bad should for you feel bad for the fucking Devils? Devils because what? They had a really suck. great start. They got the COVID bug hit them, and for whatever reason, took all the wind and everything out of that fucking team. Everything. They, I thought they were so going to have a good team from their start. So they got hit with an unfortunate disease. And so I feel fucking bad for them. You know, now, now I don't. They Seriously, just to, just to follow up on that legitimately, just to follow up on that, Blackwood was asked about if there's lingering effects. And he said he is just now feeling comfortable with having enough air in his lungs. Yeah, good. That's good for him. So that means he's been playing the last two weeks, not at 100%. Yeah, good for him. That's probably most of the team. 
I mean, we, we talked about this thing what, what last week, the week before. I mean, that was, it's probably yeah. not going to be this. Maybe next month, they might start to gel. When's their, they have a, right. I mean, maybe this, they build off this game, this win maybe. I don't know what their schedule looks like coming I, up. But I honestly think the last two games, they've looked a lot better than when they just had come back from the COVID break. Yeah. And now we got to play Pittsburgh three times in a row. So that's really, there's three losses right there, but we'll see if they're at least competitive. Have they matched right. up well against Pittsburgh at all? Or they've been I don't need your, I don't need your sympathy. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I hope they're not competitive. I don't need your sympathy. Well, oh, should we feel bad for the little devils? Oh, we, we shall feel bad for them. I mean, and, and you know what? I'm not going to year, Buffalo. and in fact, forever, because I'll remember episode 16 Friends and Rivals podcast uh, forever, forever, forever. Where can, where can you find that podcast? Uh, anywhere you get your um, whatever the fuck we do. They know they're listening right now. <laughs> what the, what you, they know oh. where to find it. Shut up. So did anybody else realize or, or know that they expanded the um replay rules to include a, a double minor high sticking penalty anybody else notice? oh yeah I, I noticed that when the, the the refs completely missed the penalty and realized they fucked up so bad they stopped play and said hey guys i think we missed this we probably should review it let's call toronto and see if they they, they agree how many times has your as a player on your team got hit in the face and was bleeding from the mouth on the bench spitting out teeth because the refs missed a high stick and they never won. And this year went back and reviewed it. It happened twice. I remember Ryan Lingren. It's not just for like hits to the face where you're looking to see if blood was drawn because during the devil's game tonight, they at Pavel Zaka got slashed in a, like the hip area and they went to review it. Yeah. And actually in, in to be uh, prepared for this um, for major and match penalties, the referee who made the call, uh, will be required uh, to review it using the monitor or tablet at the scorer's table. He will have the discretion to either confirm his call or reduce it to a minor penalty, which happened tonight to Pavel Zaka. I hope he has a fucking yeah. wrist, by the way. Uh, and he will not be able to rescind the penalty call altogether. And to further to that, for double minor high-sticking penalties, the referee making the call will have the discretion to review it at the scorer's table. So the announcers on NBC Sports were, were making it out like it was a coach's challenge. I was losing my fucking mind saying, are you kidding me? How the hell can they possibly do that? Yeah. So that make it, it made no sense. So, but the referee has the discretion to, to see it and see if the offending stick was from the player being penalized. And if it wasn't, the referee can just say, nope, it, it, it wasn't. But because Gochi's stick hit, hit, hit Giroux in, in the face, that could be reviewed. But no, I've never seen that yet this year, and it just had to come against the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty bad missed call. I, I couldn't oh, believe how bad it was. It was the obvious. He, had the, he was the guy with the puck. Yes. And the, the ref was right there, and he completely missed it. I mean. Well, and, and look, to Giroux, Giroux sold it pretty well, too. He fell wow. to the ice like like Igor pulled his groin or something. Yeah, it was like he like he ran into the the, the goalpost during practice, right? That, it's, it's pretty tough. Hey, hey, that was that's pretty that's a low blow, man. I didn't I didn't make any personal remarks toward you or your team. You know, that, that's wow. all right. I no, I see how it, I see how it is. No, no, it, it's okay. It's all right. I can't believe you brought up that time you broke your collarbone just falling into the net during practice. My God. That's so insensitive. It wasn't a practice. It was a scrimmage. It was a game. And it just proves that I go hard in scrimmages as well as in games. Just saying. 
we weren't even scrimmaging yet. That was a pre. <laughs> that was a pre. Celebrates every round. goal like it's Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Excuse me, I'm a passionate fella. All right, and when I score, I'm going to let you know. God damn it! So apparently that is a rule. I wasn't really aware of that rule. So it's got to be. It's got to be called more severe, and then they can confirm it or back it down. It can't be a two well, minute. Yeah. It can't call a two minute penalty and upgrade it to a five minute. No, and, it, and that seems. That seems like it's it's for the for the match for the matching or for the major penalties, but the double minor one for high sticking is just to confirm that it was the opposing player's stick that got okay. that player in the in the face. Um, well, it, obviously it was because there was nobody else even in the neighborhood. But I, I think I remember even in this game earlier earlier in the game, someone got hit in the face with a high stick, was holding their lips, and was showing blood. I think it was even Lafreniere. So I don't understand why it's good for one team and not good for the other team. And I, I think for me, refereeing in the league this year has been extremely inconsistent to be nice. Horrendous. To be nice. Oh, it, it always is. Always is. It's terrible every year. There's no good year of refereeing. No, I, but I think, I think the inconsistent part of calling random shit in the, you know, uh, that the light stuff. And then later in the game, things that are like, how did you not call that? Don't get called. And I mean, we see it every year, you know, they, they put the, the rest of the way their, their, their West whistles was as soon as we get near the playoffs, playoffs, no, no one's getting called. They're, they're going right back to just mugging each other unless someone gets tripped super blatantly with the, with the puck. But, you know, it's been interesting because I, I was reading something recently about um, McDavid who people are saying like, you know, he's, he's getting chopped at hit tripped almost every, almost every time he's out there and you know it's because he's so damn fast and yeah. big he's like it's like the same problem you have with like Lindros and Lemieux and you know I'm sure Gretzky had a certain amount of it too um where they're just they're the dominant players and you can't keep up with them and the only way that you're stopping them is by tripping them up uh, and I've been from watching Barzala this year he's been on like his he's had his extra gear that he's just been getting around players, getting sw- like swerving through players, and with his stick being so quick, you know, moving the puck around so fast, guys are constantly hitting him. They're constantly tripping him up, constantly hitting him in the, in the hands, in the face, and he's drawn a lot of penalties. But it also <laughs> on the on the, on the opposite side, he's also they've, a lot of been missed on him, and you know, it's like he makes he's actually being uh, I think he's been retaliatory because of it. And it's really hurt the aisles in a few of those areas. And, you know, it's sort of like one of those things where you have to be like, are you, you know, how do you, how do you handle this as a player? Are you, can you just like have to roll with it? I mean, I think you do at a certain point, but it's been really odd to watch sometimes where some guys, you know, on, on both sides, aisles have had the same thing. We've hit guys cross checks and, you know, face, face you know, uh, trips and weird shit holding calls and they don't call those things. And then you're like, and then they do a tic tac toe play on like their fucking little 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 touch on the hand, and all of a sudden it's like oh penalty. I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird thing to watch this year, and I can't wait to get to the point where they just stop calling penalties because it's actually more consistent then, and we know well, what to expect. It, yeah, but but you know even in overtime last night with the with the Ryan Rangers and the Flyers, fuck the Flyers, fuck the Flyers, right, the Flyers. fuck the Flyers. <laughs> right before Voracek scored the overtime goal, he like literally grabbed Truba's stick turned him completely around and then like slingshot past him in order to get to the puck and eventually go in on a breakaway and score. Like, I, I'm not saying the Rangers deserve to win, but that, that is a penalty. It's a holding penalty um, or holding the stick penalty. Is it, we're going to get to the point where the linesman 
are going to be able to call more penalties than just too many men on the ice? Or is it just going to be the two-man referee system that's good enough because we've already evolved it from one referee to two referees. Now we have four eyes uh, on, on, on the play going on where typically the referee who's closest to the puck, I don't know, to me, hardly ever makes the call. It's usually the back judge or the, the official who's further away that makes those calls. And to have more eyes and to have eight eyes on the play at all times and not just two guys watching the lines, I think would benefit the game. Or do you think it's going to slow it down and there's just going to be penalties all the friggin' time? I mean, what, what what's what's better? They would have to get used to each other. They would have to all get used to each other so that there aren't constantly penalties being called, right? Or do you assign yeah, somebody a specific section of the ice? Like, hey, if the puck is middle of the goal to the boards, that's you. If there's a penalty called in there, you're going to call it. If it's just middle of the ice to... over, I'm going to call it. No, yeah, if just... you see a penalty, you got to call a penalty, I think. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I'm not sure that I would support having – four guys calling everything, you know, I, I, I think, you know, if the, if the linesman could have the, the reserve, the right to say, Hey, something really egregious here happened and, and it was completely missed. then that's one thing, but you know, they got their, they got their responsibilities. It's, it's, it's tough to watch where the puck's going and make sure that's all copacetic without trying to keep your eyes on all the players too. And, and, and their shenanigans. Yeah. But, but you know, the line, I got no love for the linesman's either because they have blown a lot of offsides calls this year. Even I can see them on TV. <coughs> you okay, buddy? Yep. Just, you know, you taking good? this opportunity to clear my throat and agree with you. Okay, good. Devil should have won last game because of that, but okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just just egregious in, in some of the cases that it's so blatantly obvious that the linesmen who are responsible for calling these things, look, and I give them a pass, it's on the ice, it's happening so fucking fast but they should be trained at this point, right? You know what? Somebody made a point on Twitter. H how is tennis the only sport that has the technology to pick up on stuff, you know, fractions of an inch off of a line? How come the NHL can't adopt something like that? Because it takes the human element out of the game and maybe they don't want to do they're it. Going it's just like, it's just they're going like, to replay anyway. That takes just, the human element out of it. Dude, it's like in baseball when they want to go to robotic umpires and have just one standard strike zone for for everybody but if you're going to go to replay you're taking the human element out of it yeah i think it's better that you do something like put put something in the in the hockey blades and put something in the puck and you have a something you have a sensor across the line if certain if you if you are able to see that the puck crosses before the the guy's skate then you're good if it doesn't it goes have like a little light that goes off just give them you don't need linesmen to tell this kind of shit I think it'd be like this. It's like the it, it's one of those things that you you want to you want to get this keep going fast. You want that to be accurate, but like it doesn't really matter if, if we have somebody watching it. We have two guys that are literally sitting on the ice, having to, to jump out of the way all the time just to be there to watch this one fucking thing. I feel like we could make a lot better of a, a solution with the technology. There's got there's got to be a way to do it. And we can put I, fucking I... rockets on the fucking moon. Well, right, we, can say, we can send 4K video could, back from Mars, man. We I think say, we can, we yeah. can put something, some technology in the puck. But <laughs> what was I actually got to go to a, a a spring training game this weekend? I saw the uh, the Blue Jays and the Yankees, and I was watch. I got there early, and I was watching batting practice, and I noticed that the batting pack practice pitcher who stands really close to to the um, 
to home plate, but also has the screen up. And I noticed that when he threw the ball and someone hit an absolute rocket that hit the screen, that dude didn't flinch. Did he just get used to the ball yeah. coming at his face yeah. so fast? Then if he can be conditioned like that as, as an athlete, the referees should be, especially linesmen, should be highly sensitive to on and off sides calls in their profession. Just uh, I, making the correlation at that point, I think they, they could be conditioned to. to I think it's different. Point. Honestly, you're looking, one has to do you're looking other, at, you're looking at different. Sorry, God. No, I can't. I, I was just saying I can't. I can't see how one correlates with the other at, at all. But uh, well, I, I, it's it's the reaction time. It's it's reflexes, right? Of, yeah, of things happening so fast and and trying to make judgment calls, but judgment calls as they get away, get out of the way of the fucking ball, or that that puck was in the zone first. So I'm trying to make the correlation in that regard. That explain in baseball. Is that, is that is that a lot better for you? <laughs> sure. In baseball, you're looking for one thing. You're looking at the ball, where it's going. In hockey, you're looking at, you know, multiple things. You're looking at the puck and other players and where they are in relation to a line. It's, it's a lot more complicated, in my opinion, in how fast it happens. And a great example is in the Devil's Isles game, which I'm sure Steve will have lots to say about in, you know, the four points. But that was a – it's just – it's I think it's just too complicated, and we're making it too – we're putting two people – in the online for this one specific thing they can't make fucking calls they can't call penalty anyway so why have them there just put something in technology in the technology that would actually give it a more accurate reading and for what you're trying to do anyway and then makes just get rid of the dumb shit that slows the game down like like we had i mean what would ha- what have happened if that, that was reversed in that game it would the game would have been over it wouldn't have fucking mattered who cares they wouldn't be able to roll it back and try and make some crazy fucking thing to overturn it so to me it's, it makes no sense to, to keep that going you can definitely i, I think you could streamline that and make it a, like a much better process for the, the entire you know game yeah i agree i think the tennis analogy was probably a little bit better that they have something like that that judges the ball in and out within millimeters and within oh. seconds it's 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 instantaneous yeah. I, I i don't disagree with you I'm fine with removing that human element too. Cause like, I mean, Nick kind of touched on it a little bit and like you, I, we, we start to not even see it happening, but it is happening on almost every shift. The referees or the linesman or somebody is in the fucking way yeah, all, all the, the time. time. And we all forget like we're conditioned to forget it. We, we just kind of watch hockey and we're, and we're in the flow as fans and stuff. But if you really just sit back and watch the referees for a little while, my God, Get Dude, the fuck out of the way. I, watch I'm just watch We're removing as many of those bodies on the ice as Do we can. you think there's ever going to be a day where we can remove linesmen and then go back to one ref, and then there's only one extra player on the ice? I don't think you can ever go back to no, one. No, I think, I think two refs is fine. It's just it, it's, you're reducing it by half. I mean, to get, to get down to one ref, is they can't see – they're not going to see anything. How much do they get the people get away with from that? You, you got to have a couple of bouncer refs on the sideline ready to come in. Ready to come in with, with steel chairs. <laughs> you got like an army of Zuccarellos, little little midget guys coming flying in. No, Nick, Nick, <laughs> like they, the they, they like to be called little people, Nick. We, they, don't like, they don't like to be called midgets. Yeah, don't be re- r- ridiculous. Jeez, I'm sorry. And why do we got to fucking mention Zuccarello again? Jesus. He's a ranger and he was short. What do you want me to say? You can't yeah. mind. Exactly. A little leprechaun. All right. So we had some homework to do. Um, 
and we're about you know halfway through the uh, the regular season. I think we know what our teams are right now. We're either buyers or we're sellers. Um, I think at this point, Rangers are sellers. Um, I, in fact, I don't think that. I know that eight eight points out of a, a playoff spot um, with half the season left to go. Pretty sure, but. In the divisional games with the point swings, who the hell knows? But I think if I were to call it, I think the Rangers are sellers at this point, along with the Devils. And I think the buyers are the Penguins and the Islanders. So we'll start with the buyers. Um, what do you guys need? What what is what is your team that's going to kind of maybe break the camel's back to advance you further in the playoffs or even get you to the Stanley Cup Finals? One of the Penguins could use one of everything, exactly one of everything. Um, so so in in so wait, you, need, that, you need one goaltender you need one defenseman and you need one forward exactly right okay. so you goaltender you know, said that jesus christ you no know, goal goaltender is uh, goaltender's up for debate because tristan jari has been playing really well um hey, casey, lately. don't discount casey de smith he's been playing just i'm um, i'm not uh, he uh and, and de smith uh de smith's been used more sparingly but he just got the shutout in buffalo and yeah it's easy to say oh he shut out buffalo he played really well in that in that shutout against buffalo and buffalo played really well in that game where where the penguins shut him out um uh, and so de smith's been good and and jari's getting hot and when jari gets hot like he like he did like he is right now and like he did it at one point last season when murray was down and when the team was his to, to run um he looks he looks like he's could be a star but i don't know how much trust i mean they, they also saw the tristan jari that stumbled out of the blocks this season and was brutal for for several weeks uh and and i don't know if they've got a real good comfort uh level with him yet so i think if something turns up where they could sure up that goaltending. I, I, I think they might try for that. Um, and on defense, you know, the, with Dumoulin back, uh, the Penguins have a, a good first uh, pairing with Latin and Dumoulin. That that's a, that's a legitimate first, uh, first line of D, but uh, the, the depth drops off severely after that. Um, when you get to the second uh, line being Marino and, uh, and Matheson. So I think they would like something to, to go there in the second line D. And then uh, as far as forwards go, some stability in the depth there in the third line uh, would, would definitely be something that they're looking for, for, for a playoff push. They're not going to get all, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to address all those things. Obviously. I mean, it's, they're, they're not going to bring in three players of that caliber. They don't have anything to trade for three players of that caliber. They want to hold on to the, what few draft picks they have. They don't have a first round pick right now uh, for, for this coming season. So it's not like that's going to get traded. Um, they've got P.O. Joseph. They've got uh, maybe Sam Poole. And um, I don't know what they're going to pull, what they think they're going to pull for, for those guys anyway. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't see how they're going to fill all those holes, but I think that's what, that's what the wish list is going to look like. So do you think, what, what do you think it would take the Penguins to get Mark Stahl from Detroit? I mean, look, and and kudos to Detroit because they're going to turn Mark Stahl. They've already turned him into a second round draft pick, and now they're going to flip him because he is an expiring contract. He's not going to be back with the team next year, and they're going to flip him at the deadline for something. So they they already have a they already have a second round draft pick before him. Um, what can the Penguins possibly give up? And does he even fit with Pittsburgh? I mean, defensively speaking, I think he fits right in. Yeah, I think he's exactly uh, the kind of guy that they would want, uh, you know, uh, to to shore that up on the second line. Um, and again, I, I don't know if the Penguins want to go as steep as a PO Joseph for for a veteran like that uh, with an expiring contract. Um, I, I'd 
you know, it kind of depends on what uh, the the new um, GM group, uh, president and GM, what they really think of of his talent level, and and uh, judging by how quickly they dropped him out of the lineup when there were enough healthy bodies on. You know, he's still young and he's still developing, but I'm not sure how much confidence they do have in him. So, yeah. so it, it could be somebody like that going over to Detroit. I think Detroit, Detroit would take that. It's odd that Mark Stoll is like one of the top rated defense, defensive defensemen in all the NHL right now. Um, it just struck me as odd when I saw that stat. Um, the beginning of this week or, or, or end of last week, I saw it. Um, all right. So nobody in particular that you're targeting other than just someone who can help you on the back end and, and, and at least uh, what type of forward are we looking for? Well, I, I heard uh, th- there's actually been some rumors since they just played Buffalo about uh, what Buffalo's got to offer. And, and the other stall brother that that's over there, um, not Jordan, not Eric, Mark, Eric, that's the guy, right? Yeah. So what would it take to get Eric stall over there uh, to Pittsburgh to, to shore up maybe that third line? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, he didn't seem to wow me in, in any of the games that they were playing against the Sabres with what he had left, but you know, I don't know. The, the Penguins seem to, to like those reclamation projects historically. Uh, I don't know how well it would take, uh, uh this time around. He's a situational guy. Um, and, and honestly, I think he'd fit well in Pittsburgh better than he, than he did in Buffalo, even more so than, than he did in, in New York. Um, because you look at the small market teams and you look at Carolina, you look at teams like Minnesota teams that he played for. I mean, he flourished with those teams and surprising that, well, maybe it's not surprising that anybody does well in Buffalo. Um, but maybe, maybe, he, maybe you're right. Maybe he's, he's a good reclamation project, but I'm thinking that the, the price tag for him might be a little too steep for what the Penguins can offer. It could just, be. Yeah. It'd, just, be ni- it'd be nice to reunite a couple of those stall brothers though. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would, it would be. And I mean, it I, it's solid. It, it solves both of your issues on the front end and the back end with, without question. It sure, certainly shores up your back end for sure. And, and my and back end needs some shoring up. I would like to shore up your back end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, do the Islanders need anything? We have our identity line, man. We're the greatest. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, thought, I, I honestly thought that this would be, uh, we don't have a lot of room to make any moves pre, you know, uh, previous this week. How much cap space so, do you even have at the deadline? We, would, we weren't going to have cents. anything. <laughs> um, but uh, with Anders Lee going down with an injury, going, he's, he's head to the uh, long-term in, in, uh, LTIR. He's uh, basically oh, freed up so a bunch you, of space. You guys are going to circumvent the cap the way the Lightning are going to circumvent the cap. Oh, that's a really yeah. good plan. That's a good yeah. idea. Look, you're, you're already in the playoffs. You're going to coast your way in there anyway. Why not have one of your highest paid players go on LTIR and then come back just in time for the playoffs? Sorry. Sorry. It's amazing how this works, right? Um, it really, well, that, really is. That's assuming he comes back for the playoffs. We have no idea how long he's out for. He's, it's They're playing the, the NHL playing that game where they just – we can say whatever. Oh, lower body injury, out. he's out for a little while. And he's on, they don't say what exactly happened or what the injury is. So anyway, uh, with that happening, it frees up and also, you know, frees up a spot in our top line, um, which we've been plugging away with uh, one of our young players, but I don't think that's what they're going to want to do for the the foreseeable future. I think, I think uh, Lewis is going to be making some calls to his buddy uh, up in Buffalo and trying to see if he can pry, uh, 
Mr. Taylor Hall over to the Isles. Hall's only on a one-year deal, and there's similar cap numbers. I don't know how it works out exactly, but I think it'll it'll they'll be able to make it work. Dude, that's it would a cost million dollar contract coming back. How no? Whoa. Yeah, yeah, it is, but it's only for one. It's only this year, and yeah, it's all no, and but still. Lee's, Lee's six million. Lee's seven. Lee's cap hit is seven. Seven. Sorry, seven. Oh, so all right. So it's not it's not like a very big difference, and uh, they could probably make it work out. The problem there would be what a would they would Buffalo first off trade them in division. Regardless, it doesn't really probably matter yeah, much because no, I don't think they you know, care about but, that. They and I, I, it's to be on. I feel like they're gonna blow it up, Buffalo. They, it just sounds so bad right there right now. So I can't imagine they're not gonna get rid of him. But then it becomes who's the who can actually take him off their hands? Who wants to? Now, Isles will, will be a prime candidate to be available. Well, we said I just don't Florida know how many... We said Florida. I think Florida's in prime position to take a player like Taylor. Yeah, Hall. I was just gonna say I just don't know how many teams can take him on with the the cap, uh, and then also you know, will want to make that move. It's a, it'll probably cost a first rounder or maybe we have two seconds. So potentially uh, this year. So maybe we send a couple seconds that way and maybe it works out, maybe first, I don't know. Uh, so he's a possibility. Uh, obviously Lou's traded for him before. So he's one of those guys that Lou likes to go back. He didn't, wasn't Lou? Lou didn't no. trade for him? Nope, that was Shiro. Oh, Shiro? Okay, well, I was wrong then. I guess well, it was I like, guess- wait, was that a year off? I gotta yeah. ask you a question. If you if you do trade him, because he was Toronto in that department, yeah, that's right. Where does he fit? Le- he's, oh, a, he's, he's a left he's wing. Left wing. He's left wing. Right where, right where Lee plays. Fuck. He'll play. He'll play up with um with Barzal and and Eberle. and he's played with Eberle before in Edmonton. So it would kind of make sense. The question to me would be more like, does he fit into that? Will you be able to play the system well? I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch and see how that would work out if 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 uh if that it came down to that. So he is he is not as bad defensively as he is made out to be. So I think he would guys. I think he would fit in. He's got the speed, and I think he's, he can back check fine, and no problem. It's just a matter of getting you know. It would take him maybe maybe a couple of weeks to get adjusted to the the aisle system and everything, because he's been playing in Boston. We played Devils a couple of years, but uh, you know Edmonton before that. So I mean, I don't know how how defensively sound he's ever played on a team that's been like like a, a trots type of team. So it'd be interesting to see. So that was I didn't think that was gonna be a possibility, but with Lee going out, it, it may happen. Uh, they're they're probably gonna look at a, a, if they can't land him, they'll probably look at somebody else. Uh, I, I've seen Palmieri's name floated around. I'm not a big fan of that, but whatever. They're looking for offense because offense is not our forte. Um, yeah, I, I think Palmieri is a better fit than than Taylor Hall on the island. I, I just think he's much I better. Know. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Taylor Hall can generate a lot of points, uh, potentially. I'm not sure Palmieri's got that left in him to, to do that, but, you know, yeah, he'd be there to score goals. For on that line with Everly and Barzell, you're not looking for a guy that can do that. You're looking for a guy who's going to be more that mucker grinder type of guy who's going to, who's going to, you know, be on that line and take care of the, the, on the walls and cycle and do all that crap. Well, true, but they could also move around. It doesn't mean that if they got him on, they wouldn't change the lines up at all. Who knows? So anyway, uh, that's a possibility. Maybe some other guys, there's a whole bunch of guys floating around name wise. I felt they would probably be better off getting a defenseman just for depth. So it'll be interesting to watch who, you know, who's selling. I mean, Detroit's got, 
John Merrill, previously a Devils guy. Lemarello drafted him. You could try and grab him if he's not making a lot of money, and he'd be probably a good fit just to slot in for the sixth, seventh uh, slot. Um, we've had – I'll talk about it a little bit later on, on what we've been doing there, but I feel like, you know, defensemen, I've, I've said a few times, is, is where we're the, the, the weakest in terms of depth, but uh, with losing Anders Lee is a big – big problem for us in the power play and for just in general for our top line. So those are the places, those things we have to, to look at. Right. What do you think? What's that? Okay. Sorry. So what do you think? So what about you guys in the selling? What, who would, who would you guys look at selling? Yeah. On, I'm going uh, to let Steve start off with that one because I want to, I want to take that and flip it into uh, starting the, the four point night. So I'm going to let Steve start and, um, Tom, Tom and I joked over the weekend, my list of players uh, to sell is actually considerably longer than my list of players that we want to keep. So I'll just tell you the players we would keep. Uh, Hughes, Heashear, Smith, and Blackwood. And then if you're taking it to players beyond the roster, Holtz and Mercer are probably the only two non-roster players that are quote-unquote locks to stay, untradeable. I think even in the right deal, a Holtz or a Mercer or even even a Blackwood would be traded if the deal was right. We're also ready to trade uh, the locker room rug, our reverse retros, and the green helmets. Nobody wants them. Just, just about anything that's not nailed down. In the beginning of the season, I thought either Palmieri or Gusev, like I was in favor of trading one but not the other, but at this point, fuck them. They can both go. Um, I heard the same thing with you. I heard the team is working on an extension with Paul Mary. And if they don't get anything worked out quickly, he's on, he's on his way out. And yeah, I heard Islanders was a, was a likely spot. I don't know if that was more just geography because he comes from long Island. Well, it's, I didn't make the point about it, but a great point is the two week, you know, Oh, what is it? It's going to be 14 days. They have to quarantine. If it's they move 14 between. days. If you go to Canada. Yep. Well, they I don't know do if it's, between. I don't know if it's 14 days from one team to another in the States. No, I don't think, I don't think it is. It shouldn't be. No. Well, that, if that's in the case and then it's, it, it's not as big of a deal. Cause so I, was, make, I was, I was looking at that. If a player got traded on deadline day, April 12th, from the United States to Canada or Canada, well, yeah, from the United States to Canada, he would only get about five or six games with his new team before the end of the season, after the two weeks. Right. That's not a lot. That's not enough. Yeah. So I definitely don't think you're going to see much movement north of the border. They should have had preseason games. They should have, yeah. I mean, it would have helped with not trade deadline at all, but it would have helped. No, but look, oh. say all you want about, every, you know, everybody on the team must go. Everything must go. But when you really break it down, right, who are your UFAs that you're probably not going to bring back next year? You're, one of your UFAs, Gusev, are you bringing them back next year? No. I mean, not unless it's considerably less, and I think somebody out there will be willing to give them more. Say what you will. Say what you will about PK. 13 points in 26 games is not too bad. No, it's not, but he's... And he hasn't really been... He hasn't... It, it is and it isn't. I mean, if they eat some of it and they take somebody's bad contract back... Uh, I, okay, so you're trading bad contract or bad contract at that point. 
Yeah. So let's just look at the Islanders. You're taking Andrew Ladd back? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Take take one of their bad contracts back. But you still can't get – and you'd have to eat 50% of that in order for them to get a P.K. Subban, at least. Not if you're taking a bad contract back, though. Yeah. But how are they going to fit him? Because he's making – Oled's contract is, is accounting for a very minimal portion of what the Islanders' cap hit is right now. I think he only accounts for, what, 2.75 or 3 million against the Islanders' cap right now? Even what – being on the taxi squad 4.2 4.42 yeah 4.42 well we got him for two but that, I mean, but that entire cap hit is not against the cap right now because he's on the taxi squad is it he's not on the taxi squad he's on the active roster he's, he's just a- every night? no he, he's in the ahl i don't think he right no, i'm sorry he, i'm sorry he's on taxi squad i'm sorry okay, they, they've been yeah he, he's been down in bridgeport some games too so I guess uh, I forget that they can do it that way. Uh, anyway, he's got three. He's got two more years after this deal. This this year, I mean. So it's not like I mean, you want to trade a bad contract for two more years. Well, PK's to, got one more after this, so we're getting one, one extra year at half the price. I don't. Know, all I'm saying is, even as bad as he as we say he's been, thirteen and twenty six, and he hasn't been the 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 traffic cone as bad as he was last year no and i agree but i but i think you're more likely to trade sammy Vontnen or dimitri kulikov you know ryan Murray, yeah. people like that uh, as uh, opposed a, to a more affordable player sure right and on expiring contracts that's what everybody wants right now everybody wants expiring contracts they don't want to be because of the uncertainty yeah. even though it could be flat it could go up a million dollars but who knows so there's a lot of uncertainty like that so the least amount of contract you're 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 giving somebody is more wow They'll be more willing to take it for sure. Willing to give up every just about anybody they want. Here, so take take it, away. take it away. Uh, we'll give you we'll give you uh, Lad and Komarov for for one year for PK. Sure. Would you do that? Komarov makes three million next year. He's he's a UFA after that. You've Lad for two years. I, I I honestly don't know enough about him. I'd have to look at it. I don't think the devil. <laughs> they shouldn't. Because like, he's, I, 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 because he's a good player, away, you're giving away your defense. Yeah, I mean, you're getting nothing back, and that would like that trade is my point though. That would make it work number wise, but it would Maybe be just defense. you know. No, they, but they that's just it. They got they've got players that can jump. Like Butcher could jump in and be just as effective. Yeah, but not as PK as well as Sammy Votman. Oh no, guys. I mean, you're all right with that. Yeah, young kids play. See what you got. Yeah, got Kevin Ball down in the AHL, ready to go. We got Riley Walsh in the AHL, ready to go. You know, we'll see what some of these guys can do. They're not gonna, they're not gonna put the team in a worse position. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. And if you can get rid of that nine million dollar contract, I'd say you try and do it as much as best you can. And if the Islanders are willing to do that, I mean, I think it hurts their their cup chances. But go ahead, I'd like to see it. So. Um, at this point, I think we're, we're sellers. Nobody's taken D'Angelo as much as we tried. We even said, hey, we'll loan him to your AHL farm club. And people were like, hell no, we don't want that headache. So what's more than likely going to happen is what we, what we kind of suspected um, at the time this happened, that D'Angelo is going to be um, bought out at the end of the year. And it's a very minimal cap hit. It's under a million dollars for next year. And I think the year after that uh, to buy out Tony D. So it is with all the money that's coming off, 
it is without question money well spent to, to get him out of the organization if he's as bad as an egg as everybody keeps saying he is and nobody wants him. But likely trade targets that are probably going to be gone. Jack Johnson. I mean, Brendan Smith, Billy. Brendan Smith, I think, would be a, a, a perfect guy to go to the Penguins. Gives you that toughness on the back end, a little bit of your experience uh, as, as a veteran presence. And I'm sure the Rangers will probably eat half of that contract, whatever's remaining, probably the million dollars to even, even... – I'll take him. It's I'm, a deal. I'm sure, I'm sure you would. Done and done. Um, those are the two I can see. Look, if you can trade Ryan Strom, I think you do it, um, especially with with all the Eichel talk and everything else going on. But even still, it's the way he's playing with Panarin, man. I still question that decision if they if they try to uh, if they try to trade him. I don't think he's in their long term plans, but for short term and the way he's been playing with Panarin, I don't know. It, it's just it's uh, it's such it's such a crapshoot. Um, even, um, he, you know, Heedle, and we talked about him at the beginning of the year and he's just, he, even though he got hurt and he broke his hand and all that other stuff, he started out really well. He hasn't found that, that fire in his game and that, that ability and people coming back from injury, whether it's COVID, whether it's a broken bone still need some time to adjust, even if they're fully healed. So I, I hope that's it. Those are the people that are likely going to be traded from the Rangers, um, and there's another player that could be on, on the block. Um, and that really depends what the trade deadlines, what the 12th of April yes. transitioning this into the four point night and, and, and jumping back and forth a little bit to start off. Kratzev just finished his KHL contract um, with his um, KHL club. They lost in the, um, in the first round of the playoffs. Um, he has, he is in New York right now doing his seven day quarantine and then he can join the Rangers for practice after that seven days is up. So by the 20th of, of March, he should be practicing with the Rangers. How well he fits in to the club and how he plays on the big club could determine whether Buchnevich is traded at the, at the trade deadline or not. Um, I always felt that Kratzoff was going to be a slide in for Buchnevich anyway, but it's real hard to, to even though the Rangers are going to recall him, where does he fit? Where does he fit? The top two lines, you know, you have Mika with, with uh, Buchnevich and Kreider, and you have Strom with Panarin and Blackwell. Colin Blackwell, of all people. He's that mucker and grinder that Jesper Faust was for that line last year uh, before the Rangers let him go to Carolina. And then you have the kid line in your third line with Kako and Lafreniere and Heedle. Does Kratzoff fit in and slide in with Blackwell? Is Colin Blackwell going to block the development of Vitaly Kratzoff? Can that actually happen? I mean, I don't know. It, it, it could be. Because, and, but, if, but also, if you take Kratzoff and you put him on the kid line, on that third line, who are you taking out? Who are you demoting? Kako or Lafreniere down to the fourth line? So it's, it's going to be a real interesting couple of weeks when Kratzoff actually um, clears quarantine and actually want and actually can go into the lineup about where he actually fits. And I really, I, I believe he's going to go right with Strom and Panarin to start off or Kako is going to go up there and Kratzoff is going to go with Lafreniere and Heedle, something along those lines. Cause I, as well as Colin Blackwell is playing and as well as he's playing with Strom and Panarin, I think you give Kratzoff the opportunity to go on that line or just somewhere in the top three lines and show what he can do. See if he can be a replacement for Buchnevich. And if he can, awesome. Then Buchnevich becomes expendable and is on the block. Um, and, and who wouldn't take him? 
he's a restricted free agent um, with arbitration rights. So he um, he's leading the, the Rangers in points this year. Um, so he's having a good season. And, and, you know, we kind of expected that it's a, it's a contract year for him and guys on contract years typically have better years than guys um, who have non-contract years. It doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it happens. So where does Kratzoff fit? We'll know in the next week or so, um, hopefully about where he does fit. And Panarin finally back from, uh, from mother Russia uh, having his fight with uh, with Putin and all the uh, former coaches that he had over in the KHL, but man, oh man, what a fucking difference he makes in that lineup. Good lord, he just gives balance. And at Billy, as much as you maybe downplayed or or didn't like the signing for the Rangers and didn't call Panarin elite, I don't know, man. To me, he's elite, and that's all I've seen out of this player since the Rangers got him last year was the, is that he is an elite player in this league face i don't know <laughs> what, what am i gonna say to that he's played really I well I, I was waiting for i mean could be part, part well part part of my point with panarin I, I, the alliteration is not even intentional i i hate myself for that actually right now but me part too of what i was well you always do but my thing with the Panarin signing was, you know, you're, you're rebuilding this team with all this, these young guys and these draft picks are coming in and developing by the time they're ready to go, he's going to be over the hill. And that, that was part of my problem with it too. And I, I but yeah, to be fair, to be fair, fair. to be fair, I, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't anticipate him playing at this with the Rangers and, and yeah, they, they missed him bad when he was out. What can I say? Yeah but he makes such a difference even on that power play, man. He just backs people off and he, he just, he's just allotted the space. When are people going to understand that you got to pressure him? And if you pressure him, he'll cough up the puck. And I think people have to understand that. Hopefully maybe one day they will. Uh, Tarmo Runin. Man, I really missed watching that game. Um, not on MSG. Cause I really wanted to see how Sam pronounced his name, his last name. If I'm having still trying. trouble with it, what's that? He's still trying now. He's, he's still trying. He's still trying to say right it. Now. I'm having this much trouble saying it. I can only imagine what he was, what he was trying to say. Um, and f- of course, because we're playing the flyers, fuck the flyers. They're on uh, NBC sports tomorrow night. And it's a Wednesday night rivalry night. So I, I'll miss Sam calling the game again. Um, he had a good debut. What can you say? He, he didn't do anything glaring, um, you know, glaringly of, you know, offensive on defense. Um, he had a, an, a gorgeous primary assist on the Panarin goal and he just all around had a good game. Um, can't take anything away from the kid making his debut. Um, so it's, it's good to see that uh, players stepping in coming up from Hartford who are young kids um, can make a difference. And lastly, um, besides the COVID list now with, with Fox and Buchnevich and Di Giuseppe who are still on it today, two days straight, that uh, Fox and Buchnevich have been on it. Uh, we'll see how that goes uh, tomorrow. Di Giuseppe's been on it for three to four days. So hopefully it won't be a long stint. Hopefully it'll be a, a Sidney Crosby stint. But even like they were saying, Nick, with Noah Dobson, he's, uh, they were saying he actually physically tested positive and he's going to miss two weeks. I did see that report on on the Twitter. I haven't seen that yet. I, I don't see any confirmation. But I, don't think it, I don't think it was a beat writer though. I don't, they didn't have a check mark next to the name. So, I mean, you got to take that for face value. But, you know, the COVID bug seems to have hit the Rangers. They canceled the morning, uh, the morning skate yesterday. They still had the game. 
Um, nobody knew tested positive, so that's a good thing. So we'll see when we get those get those guys back. But beside that, man, I, I don't think I had Kincaid starting against Boston all year pegged in the beginning of the season. And it, and it really goes back to that goaltending, man. Goaltending has been a problem. And, and they're going to give Georgie a, another, another shot tomorrow night to see if he can uh, – coach thinks it's more mental than it is physical. And, and we'll see. Maybe we'll go, uh, we're going to start calling it the Tony D'Angelo curse that he put on Georgiev and uh, for, for the way he's been playing uh, lately. But we'll see. Well, hopefully he can turn it around and, um, and see what he can do. But, you know, that, that's, another, that's another player who might be on the, on the trade deadline, on the trading block, is, is, is Georgie. Um, but the way he's been, he's been playing, his value is certainly down. It's not at, at the peak that it was, that it could have been last year at the trade deadline. And this year, it's, it's down a lot further. So for teams out there looking for goaltending, maybe Georgie can be had, you know, once Igor comes back. But I think they, they, when Igor comes back, I think he's got to be the number one. I think they got to just give him the number one and say, your team now, kid, go with it. Um, you're, you're back from this horrific looking groin injury and uh, it's just your team. Just it's every night. It's you're, you're getting, you're getting the start every single night. Just go with it. I think this, I understand why, maybe why the coach did it. He really needed to see who was going to take the torch and run with it. Um, and Georgie didn't, he absolutely didn't. So 26, 25, 26 games in time to give it to Igor and let him run with it and see what he can do. If not, at least Kincaid showed you that he can at least get a, a shutout against Boston. Which is, is that injury that that injury to Igor a little bit concerning though to to hand it over to him now? Like like, it, how durable is he? Is there is there a question about that now that that we've seen him go down like that? Or he he sat out in the bubble last year um, against Carolina the first two games when Hank started uh, because of a groin injury. Before that, he missed a couple of games during the regular season because of that car crash with Buchnevich. Um, yeah. But before that, I don't think he missed a KHL game. But again, they, the, the guys in the NHL, who, what, you know, are they more elite than the guys in the KHL? If anything, it, it speaks to his resiliency. I mean, you really everybody thought that injury was going to be very, very, very long term. And here he bounced back in, in two weeks. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll absolutely see what happens. Um, but he's another one that could be added to, to the block. So those are my four points. I had an awful, I had no zero transition. I didn't think of anywhere I could transition this thing in. So somebody fucking go. So speaking of how I was saying Panarin was not elite. You could also say I'm a little bit guilty of uh, writing off a guy on the Pittsburgh Penguins named Evgeny Malkin, possibly a little bit too quickly. Transition. Um, Nicely done. Thank, thank you. So, I'm, I feel so smooth right now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, Malkin, uh, if you've been paying attention, has had a hell of a last three, three and a half weeks. Um, just, just to jump in, the transition was beautiful. The delivery fucking atrocious <laughs> but at least you, was, you you get you get some points for for the oh, thought slick i don't know I, I i thought it was i thought i thought it was flowing naturally oh wait till you hear it back yeah. <laughs> can i can i talk about gino now it, 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 okay Must. so and gino um has been playing really well the last three and a half weeks and and you you, you might have heard me be critical of him uh 
at some point, maybe this season, even well, last season before we had a, a podcast, I, I might've been critical uh, about him to, uh, to certain people. And, and look, so th- the time has come for, for people to come around uh, to, to the Malkin quote unquote haters and say, uh, Oh, what are you, what are you thinking now? You still want to trade him? Uh, look at how he's playing now. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, you know, I, I do have an answer to that. And, uh, and I, my answer is uh, yeah, he's okay. He's, he's on a hot streak and nobody, I, I don't, I never hated, I never hated and I don't hate Evgeny Malkin. Uh, he's been a great Penguins player for, for years. Um, and it's not, it's not an issue of, of disliking or, or believing that he's not, that he's incapable of playing at this level. I, yeah, of course he's capable of playing at this, this level. I, I don't, I just don't feel like he can sustain it. And, and I guess, you know, time's going to tell with this season too. I, I, he gets into these hot streaks, you know, he's, he's seeing everybody. He's, he's making great passes. Uh, his vision's fantastic. His skating is, is, is otherworldly. Uh, but that, that does run out. Like when, when he starts to lose confidence, he starts trying to force things where they don't go and, uh, and things get ugly quickly. And it's easy to see why the penguins have been hot for, uh, for the last, uh, couple of weeks uh, uh seven and two in the in the month of of march you know you you look right at malkin's play and and it's and and that's really the reason why and one of the really big reasons why anyway but when when things start kind of going sideways and he and he starts losing that confidence you know you go from having that second line elite that elite second line to uh a big minus for your second line and it, and it happens pretty quickly and so that that's the thing that scares me off and Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it as long as he could keep playing at this level. I, I give um, Kapanen a lot of credit to uh, being on that line with him. He's been playing very, very well. And, uh, and, you know, Malkin could always kind of relax a little bit when he's knows he's got a good support, support people, you know, skating with him. So him, him uh, Kapanen on the wing and, and Rodriguez returning and being on the other wing has, has really made that line click. Uh, and it's been a really, really cool to watch. And, and they're riding that hot streak right now, but yeah. Beware of Malkin uh, as, as as time goes on. Uh, he, Malkin did get hurt tonight. Um, he was uh, knocked out of the uh, Boston game by uh, Jared Tenorti in the first period. Uh, he actually came back later in the game and then disappeared for good. So he he did try to escape with it a little bit and and then left the game. Is that why Tenorti got taken to the boards and hit and hard by Tanev like he did? So yeah, so that was uh, I it's very possible that Tenorti was a target. I, you, the Tenorti hit on Malkin was hard, but I didn't think it was dirty in any way. Still, uh, he, he well, hurt him. And kit on Tenorti wasn't dirty. No, I, no, I don't think it was either. So, so Tanev did run, did, he did Tanev, Tanev knocked him in the next week. I mean, Tanev is not that big a guy, but he gets ahead of steam going and, and he crushed Tenorti, uh, a good His 10 arm. feet from the boards and, and Tenorti went His flying into the boards. Man in a way that I didn't think your arm can bend. And it looked like he was like limp when he hit yeah. the ice at Tomori guy. I mean, he, he yeah. So Tanev really did light him up. Uh, it, I, I've seen every kind of replay of that and, and it looked clean. It didn't even look like it should have been penalized, but it he was- got a five minute major and was thrown out of the game. Are you serious? So, yes. Oh yeah. He, yeah. Five minute major and a match. Yep, and uh, a match, yeah. match penalty that that Ooh. was, really and he stuck around for a while arguing that too. He was pretty yeah. adamant about it, and and you can see why because I mean it was he didn't he didn't raise an elbow, he no. didn't target the head, he hit him 
dead in the chest at high speed and sent him flying in the next week. But that's the only problem was the proximity on the ice where he hit him because he went so hard into the almost into the bench through the boards. Um, that's why he probably got the that, that match yeah, penalty was, was 10 feet. He was 10 feet from the boards where he hit him, though. It you was definitely a result of him hitting the boards yes. that that penalty got called. And it shouldn't have. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Shouldn't have been called. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was a good call. So I don't think a suspension is coming by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, with the that's the Penguins luck kind of ran out tonight with with Malkin going down, Tanev getting kicked out of the game uh, in the in the next in the second period. Um, they ended up losing 2-1. Not, you know, not the... Worst thing in the world to lose the Bruins that way, but um, they they did kill the five minutes though, right? They did, and that's and thank you. That's a great transition to one of my other points. Thank you. Uh, the Penguins had struggled so much on the penalty kill uh, for so long this season, and maybe it just was because they were playing the Islanders power play night after night, uh, and the Islanders were just killing it. But I, I don't know what, it, but their their penalty kill around the time that Dumoulin came back really stabilized and has been good um good to very good uh, so it, it was almost automatic that they would give up a power play goal every night for a while um that's that's uh and, and they're handling themselves uh on the penalty kill now and so that that with the goaltending they're getting from both of their guys uh jerry and to smith um and and the, that the fact that the power play with malkin being as hot as he is has been good too i mean all of that's that's been the uh that's what's put him back on the board and couple of games against Buffalo doesn't seem to hurt. Um, so they did, uh, they did beat Buffalo five, two, they kept that, that five, two, uh, streak of Buffalo's alive. All those games they were losing five, two. And, uh, and then the next, you know, the, the next night they, uh, they, uh, or the, whenever they played Buffalo the next time, uh, I mentioned before that shutout, they shut them out three, nothing, which was really a, a one, nothing game with a couple empty netters. Buffalo played their asses off and, and really played well in that game. I was really impressed with their response and they definitely looked like an NHL team, but it just wasn't enough that, you know, DeSmith was playing really well. And uh, I, what I give the, the Penguins credit for is, is the fact that they persevered through, through that one uh, against a team that was obviously playing very, very hard. And, uh, and they managed to find a way to win, you know um, I know it's Buffalo, but, but it was one of their more impressive wins in this streak uh, was, was holding off a team that was looked like they were, they were really playing for uh for their lives out there. So I give him credit for that. So there's my points and over to Nick. All right. Well, I also had a uh, interesting week, uh, pretty eventful three games against the devils, uh, all three wins. Um, Steve, are you going to talk about the, the one? No, <laughs> just gonna... other, other than saying replay is a fucking joke. No. Okay. All right. I didn't want to slip your toes if you were going to go into a thing on it. Well, I was going to say that game was uh, – so the, the first two games against Devils were pretty good. Last game was uh, basically – I thought over. I think everybody thought it was over. Everyone was leaving except, you know, uh, looks like the refs decided to take a look at that again and for whatever reason roll it back. And next thing you know, we're back on the ice and game is going again and somehow another gets the shootout and Niles win. Uh, stole a point out of nowhere. Um, not that the Devils are going to do anything with the actual point, but, you know, it was kind of nice to uh, extend the win streak, even though I thought that was uh, pretty uh, pretty unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen that happen in a game in, ever, to be honest, where the game we – I thought the game was over. I think everybody so even, even after all the replays, you agree, not conclusive. 
I thought it was, I thought there was one angle that looked pretty good. And then they stopped showing, they kept showing this like really far angle, yeah. which was like, you can't see shit. So how could they make that decision? I thought there was a, there was another angle that they kind of showed it. And um, it was almost like a bird's eye, third, yeah. you know, 45 degree angle. It looked pretty good. I thought it was offsides, but I, I gotta say like, they didn't call right away and the game ends. They got to fucking end the game. I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I didn't like how the whole thing rolled out, even though it was like beneficial to my team. Cause like, what's going to happen is it's going to, it's going to happen like that. And like, I'm in, it's important. And then it's going to be a fucking major problem. And I think the NHL has got to be fucking careful with this kind of shit. So I wasn't really thrilled with how that went, even though it worked out for us, but whatever we lost tonight against the Bruins, uh, the caps. Uh, we looked really good in the first period and then, Wheels fell off. Uh, they didn't score any goals in the in the first period, and that was a problem. They were swarming the the Capitals, and then didn't score. Next period, and then two goals in the second really made it very difficult to come back. Third goal quick in the in the third period, and then um, just come, it, they're very similar teams, and it's very hard for either team to come back in a, in a game usually, uh, and basically uh, turn it around. So that was a recap on the week. With that said, Lee uh, Lee's going to be out for a while. As I mentioned earlier, he took a, a weird fall, got tangled up with um, I forget who it was, uh, was it from the, on the Devils, but uh, he basically just fell on his knee, and uh, it didn't look like it was anything major, but I guess it was the maybe just tweak something, um, and maybe it was it's hard to say if it was like an ACL or something, but it, it didn't. They didn't. He's not going into surgery at this point, so or they haven't announced it. They haven't said anything. And I, who the fuck knows the NHL these days? How way they're allowing this bullshit where we can just make up, you know, lower body injury out for some time, and then next thing you know, he's out for fucking months, or he's back in a day. Who the hell knows? So uh, I haven't seen anything there, but it sounds more and more like he's out until probably close to the end of the season, um, whatever the injury is. In his absence, uh, Isles decided to put uh, Mr. Bellows up on the top line, which was very surprising as he was benched earlier in the season for basically just not having a couple good games and being a rookie. And I thought he was going to get sidelined to maybe get a couple minutes in here and there in the third line uh, or a couple, you know, a couple games here and there. And then um, they threw him on the first line. He must have had some good practices and must have been looking good and, they just said, you know, let's put him up with uh, Barzal and, uh, and Everly. And next thing you know, he has three goals in two games. And that was pretty much uh, two of the first, two, the first go- two goals he had in the first game against the Devils. Uh, he played, he scored two goal scorers goals. Both not, yeah, reached, not cheap goals at all. Not, cheap, not goals, cheap goals at all. Not cheap goals. And I was impressed by that. Um, the thing on him is his shot is like his – his big thing, but his second goal was he just went straight hard to the net, yep. right around the defender, and just wrapped it in around goalie. It was, it was something that was like, okay, I can see why you've been a first round pick. You were first round pick, and why you know team is still high on you, and you know that's the kind of stuff you got to do in this league. And he can show he, he showed he could do it. Um, I don't know if he has the, the top end talent to be a first line guy. But he's definitely getting the opportunity right now with Lee out, and I think it's it's the la- last game he got a uh, this the third goal he had was basically a, went off of him. 
Um, and when in the, in the business deflected off him, he's playing in the, in the, in Lee's position, trying to be in front of the net, which is good. He's got to do that as a goal scorer, get in front of that cause distractions. Um, on that goal, what was thrown in by Sebastian Ajo, not Sebastian Ajo from Carolina, Sebastian uh, Ajo from the Islanders, who uh, they played his first game Sebastian in Ajo, two. Bad Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> it was his first game in the, in the NHL for two years. So he originally was, was on the Isles. Uh, he's been on the Isles, but he he played uh, last time he played. He played against Carolina in an Ajo versus Ajo game, uh, which is awesome. But uh, just. Uh, he, he just hasn't really um, made the team and he's been sitting on the, the tactics squad, not playing and with no adoption, getting uh, COVID uh, or potentially just being on the, he's on the COVID list right now. Right. And just as a, a reminder, the COVID list, it's to exit it. He must, they must have, they must have, uh, must not be showing any symptoms and test negative twice over 48 hour period. So he might have to wait. They might have to wait for this uh, second test to come in. It was close to the, the last one was close to the game time. So it was kind of like pretty, yeah. pretty quick it happened. Um, and it might be just that they couldn't get him off in time for that. Could be that he had some symptoms and that's why they pulled him after who knows why I, they didn't, they don't talk about it. So we don't really know what, what's going on there, but because no one else from the team has been quarantined, no one else from the team has had it. They haven't postponed any games. I, it doesn't feel like he, he actually has it, but we'll see. Anyway, coming back to my point, with Dobson out, Sebastian Ajo came onto the ice. The first time we had a different def, uh, defenseman play outside the top six this whole year, and he scores a goal or, or had an assist on the goal for Bellows in his uh, a second second or third shift. Just threw it on net, hit Bellows in the chest, and went right in past, uh, I thought it was Blackwood um, yeah. goal, but – um, basically, uh, he looked pretty, pretty okay. And then even tonight, he looked okay. He did take a penalty on a kind of like a bad interference call that he shouldn't have, he should have just been not grabbing, trying to great, you know, keeping his arm out, um, trying to save himself from falling. So that was not really a great idea, but, uh, he looked pretty solid the last two games. And I honestly think he could, could fill in that seventh role, seventh spot for us for quite some time. He's, he's a solid player. I, I always liked when I saw him play. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Ilya Sorokin, sixth straight win. Not too shabby for a guy that had a pretty shitty start to the season. Um, he's looking hella better, and he's been playing every other game with, with uh, Varlamov right now. So right now they're, they're in a timeshare, 50-50 split at this point. So that's, um, ex- that's exactly what you said. Ease him in slow, 50-50, and then maybe towards the end of the year he gets more of the starts. I think I think he'll still probably not because of the playoffs at this point. I think what'll happen Barley is most likely gonna get the lion's share and he'll get the, the I think yeah. he'll just play the playoffs. I don't know how I don't see how they, they play Sorokin in the playoffs if if it's like the same thing. But we'll see. You know, they the Isles have done that back and forth with um uh when they had um other there's other tandems the same same way. It's just you know, there's sometimes, you know, somebody get, might get shell, shelled like in the game, the playoffs could be like a seven goal game. And they go, you know, let's, let's try and change it up. But even not even for like that long, um, they might like Rice came in for, I think a couple of games here, but he didn't stay in the whole time after that. They just was sort of like a change it up speed, you know, kind of thing for playoffs uh, for Barley when he was, um, um, when he didn't have a good game. Uh, but anyway, 
that's been pretty good. Uh, last couple of points, Anatoly Golshev, he's just – they just terminated his, his contract in the KHL. He's uh, – Isles of his rights. He's, I forget what year he was drafted. He's been, he's been in the Isles system for a while. Basically, he's uh, – um, I think he said he had around – Hundred nine, uh, yeah, two hundred twenty points in four hundred three games, eight seasons in the K. Not bad numbers, but uh, he's apparently a pretty solid player. Other NHL players have played with him before. Talked talk him up a little bit, but he's um, he's five seven, which is not really, a, you know, not a great height for an NHL player. But it'll be interesting to see what what happens. Um, you know, he, he's he's contract terminated. He's going to come here, but we'll see. He's going to have to get quarantine to come over they haven't signed him yet it just happened um today or yeah or yesterday so we should see it maybe in the next day or two they should sign him probably um and so the last thing i wanted to talk about was basically the deceiving record we have so we might have a very good record at the moment but if you look at the breakdown of our you know wins and losses against each team so between playing the Rangers, the Devils, the Sabres, and Boston were currently 17-2. and two. Against Philly, Washington, and Pittsburgh were 2-5-4. and four. Wow. So two wins out of 11 games. I now, granted – I was going to burst your bubble a little bit with Sorokin and, let, and just remind you that five of his wins are against the Devils and the Sabres. Correct. Correct. And the Isles have been – uh, very fortunate to um, to play Sabres six times and Devils six times. But also, Nick, but it just doesn't matter. You still have to play the games, right? You still have to win those games. I disagree with that. It, it's not just you have to – we're all playing the same teams. It's when you play them on the schedule and how you're playing when you play them. Oh, I, right. I, I agree. So it, you it, didn't want to play Boston in the beginning of the season. Right. Yeah, we're 4-0. You want to play New Boston Jersey now. in the beginning of the season. Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> yeah, so we're four and zero against Boston, zero and three against Washington, um, two two and two against the uh, Penguins at this point. So we're trying to go for everything there. Philly, we've only played twice, and we we lost in overtime against them twice. So really, like Washington's really are not, yeah. we're not we're not playing well against them, and um, we're just we haven't played enough of Philly really to get too much. It feels like. Uh, but very even games with them as well because we overtime both games. Well, look, Carter, anyway, Hart, yeah. Carter Hart's not blowing up the world either. I mean, he's having a really, really rough season. And I got no love for that fucker either, but he's having a tough season. And, you know, fuck the Flyers. Fuck uh, the Flyers. So, so it, last, it, yeah. Time to play. Say, <laughs> last, yeah, last thing I was going to say was based on that, you know, we're not doing – we're three of the teams that are potentially going to be in the playoffs. Um we are playing pretty poorly against. And I think three of the teams that we're playing that currently are not in the playoffs and not going to make the playoffs, the Rangers, Devils, and Sabres are basically we're we're doing really, really well against them right now. Boston, we have an anomaly. We're four and against them. I was surprised that that was the case, but hey, we have, sometimes you get a team's number. So in the playoffs, it's going to be interesting. Right now, I, yes, I'd love to see Boston in the in the final in the in the playoffs, but maybe the next four games that changes. Maybe they catch up and it's four and four. Who knows? I mean, okay, be interesting to watch. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and then you know, yeah, worry about the other guys. But yeah, and but the Islanders are doing that. 
The Islanders are beating the teams they're supposed to beat, especially this this week when they play the Devils. Oh yeah, had to win those games. You had to win those games before the big Wasn't push against these your shitty fucking Devils. It was trying trying for more of a transition, okay? <laughs> because mine was such dog shit. Speaking of the Devils, speaking listen, of dog shit, the the teams they've they've actually no, no, been. I like better. Speaking of dog shit, let's talk about the Devils. They've actually been playing a little bit better this last week, so maybe this COVID oh, haze great. just in time to play the Penguins three times. Fantastic. Maybe this, maybe this COVID haze is starting to go away. I mean, the players in the system are still looking a little lost at times, but I think again that's just them learning. Uh, Lindy's system. It, it's just hard to tell that they've been playing better when you're playing against a team that's rolling four lines of nonstop attack. So, yes, they've been playing better. Just so happened they were playing the Islanders, and you, you might not see it because the results don't show it. Uh, replay is a joke. I, I don't know. There's nothing more you could say about that. We've covered that. Shut up. I, I'm ready to watch the Devils lose their next eight games. Uh, three versus Pittsburgh, Philly, one, two against Washington, and then three against uh, two against Boston. So that's eight straight losses coming up. Yeah, but don't you play well against Boston? We got you – know, we played them the first two games of the year. We got three of a possible four you points. Less, you just beat them recently. Yeah, but again, I feel like that was fluky. We're not going to beat them again. Um, which brings me to my last point, which is – fucking nico Hischer. i mean please please just tell me that these three situations are just an anomaly the broken leg the covid and now the nose just tell me that he's not going to be one of these players the rest of his career where there's there's another you know missed five games right around the corner you so you want you want to make sure that he's not the greg bird of the nhl is what you're saying Ooh. Greg Bird's, by the way, Greg Bird is killing it this spring with Colorado, by the way. Oh, let's, I can't wait to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Jed Lowry had a home run today, too. How many hits did he have while he was with the Mets? <laughs> Up a guy be begging groceries next week. Exactly. Um, so Taylor Hall, speaking of Taylor Hall, he took a... No, we weren't, and I wasn't done. So what the fuck are you doing? Well, I just, he took a, a serious <laughs> puck to the face tonight, didn't he? Yeah, he came back in the game, though. He came back. He was all right. Yeah, that looked, that looked it awful. did. It looked like it got him right on the chin, but oh. he's a, I'm telling you, that guy's a player. He's, he's not I, a finesse, you know, he's not a finesse guy where something like that's going to throw him off his game. He's definitely not the pussy I thought he was. No, he's an entirely different pussy altogether. <laughs> In wrapping up, and yes, Bill, the next three games are the Devils and the Penguins. Uh, it's time to propose the bet. Ooh. You are very confident that the devils will come from behind at some point. Giggity. Right. That's, that's the, the penguins MO is that they get a lead and then the other team comes from behind. No, Giggity. the penguins MO is that they are behind in every game. Okay. Yeah. That's the penguins MO. Yeah. So I will say now the penguins did manage to, to play Buffalo a couple times without trailing in the game. So those two games against Buffalo. And then there was one other game this season that I think it was against Washington Three times in 29 games this season that they have not trailed. That's so, it. So how do we calculate this bet? Is it the amount of time over the next three games that one team leads versus another? 
I mean, I'm just betting that the Penguins are going to have to come from behind in every game. That's how okay. I'm going to say it. So that's bet number one. I say the Penguins will not have to come from behind to win the game. What are we wagering? We're not there yet. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just fucking get there. Jesus Christ. Bet number two is the Devils will not score a power play goal in the three games. Wow. Okay. Well, the Penguins' penalty kill has been coming around. It's the three games is a tall order. Okay. As for what we are betting, should we just go with the standard lunch? Yeah. It's been a, it's been a long time since we okay. had a good lunch bet. So so one lunch on each bet. Okay. There we on, go. On each bet. Right. Yes. So that's uh, penguins come from penguins come from behind. Yep. Giggity. And the Devils will not have a power play goal. And the Devils offer. Uh, or should we should we break them into three separate bets for each bet for each game? No, I think lunch bet. In a three-game series, I think – no, I think it'll be – Okay. I think the way you nah. got it. I think you got it. I like I like it the way we got it. Okay. I, I think that's – I think so. I think so. Well, we got our first bet. Wow. Mm-hmm. Riveting. Sorry, were you were you hoping for higher stakes? What were you hoping for? I don't mm, know. Steak. Steak lunch. Exactly. Just hoping for a steak. <laughs> <laughs> steak well, when we're talking lunch, we're talking like Ruth's Crest, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the loser has to do the show topless. Is that what you were hoping for? Something like that? Nobody wins. Nobody oh, wins like in a situation that. like, I like that. that. Wow. What do you that mean? That'll just be an I'll just do that next week just just because. What do you mean? No, and Billy Billy hasn't been micro machine man tonight. Did 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 Cablevision actually fix your fucking internet? I think when I complain, it 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 kind of gets on track for like a couple of days. Like I get a good couple of days and then and then it goes to shit again. So maybe next week we'll get that back added to the show. <laughs> good impression. That's that's really good. Oh, we didn't do a Nick impression today. Wait a minute. Holy shit. What well, about our right, Nick right. impression of the, of the day? All right. We need a Nick impression of the day. What do we got, Nick? I don't know. I suggest something. Do we just throw something it. out there? I figured it would come naturally during the show, but it just didn't come up. Shit. I can't. I, we can't force it. We're going to have to do it next week. My brother's going to be pissed as hell. Uh, you can't do like a quick part. Samuel L. Jackson. Can you do an impression of your brother? Ooh. It sounds like me, just basically the exact same voice. Yeah, oh. that was uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> Is he an Islander fan too? He doesn't even like hockey. He, not really so much. He's, 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 not, he's not into hockey. He's a he's a lacrosse guy. He played hockey at uh, the roller rink one session, and all he did was run into people. And we were like, you can't run into, you're just knocking kids over. And oh, he, so he didn't understand. So he's Eddie. Is, is, is it time for our audience to, to be introduced to Psycho? We might have to. <laughs> I mean, could, is he like the, our perfect first guest? Eddie, first? Could, Eddie could be a, a perfect first guest, yes. <laughs> All right. I don't like it. Throws <laughs> off the balance. It's an extra Devils fan, and, and we don't need it. I just, <laughs> oh my God! You hear that? If you hear that, Eddie? Eddie? You hear that, Eddie? Nick, Bill, I was Bill just kidding. Hates you. Don't kill me. <laughs> All right, we need him on now. That's what I heard. Like, Bill like... hates Eddie. <laughs> no, I love him, but not in a way that would make him angry. Just only sexual, right? If that's what makes him happy. <laughs> Eddie just Eddie just texted me. He said, "Meet me at the corner of the South Amboy." roller skating rink during a hockey game he's got to fight for you that place, still, <laughs> place is not there anymore years after he crushed that 
guy into the concrete wall. The 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 actual structure of the building fell. Just the whole roof collapsed. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, I'm calling it a night, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week, everybody. For all seven of you out there, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, don't forget to get on our Twitter um, and uh, like us on there and tweet us and do whatever you do on the Twitter at friends underscore rivals on Facebook and YouTube at friends and rivals podcast. When you're on YouTube, click comment and share, uh, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get podcasts, Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever, like I said, um, like our show, rate our show. Cause it really does help it out. And we would really appreciate that. Billy, you had something whippy you were supposed to come up with this week to throw it to you. What do you got? It's Britney, bitch. Baby, can't you see? I'm calling. A like you should wear a warning. It's dangerous. I'm fine. There's no escape. I can't wait. I need a hit. Baby, give me it. You're dangerous. Let's get a